0: Sermon text today from Luke 6, Jesus says, Be merciful, even as your heavenly Father is merciful. Dear friends of Christ, it's the last Sunday of Epiphany, and mercy is being offered up on the menu today. And of course, uh, the spiritual menu is uh, that which I can summarize in one word for mercy, uh, in one sentence, in fact, the, the summarizing mercy in one sentence is the words very, from the very lips of Jesus, who said, "Be merciful, even as your heavenly Father, even as your Father in heaven, is merciful." Be merciful. Now that's an imperative; it's a command. It's it's something God expects. Be merciful. We heard many imperatives today. Were you, were you listening? All the imperatives, the commands that God gave us today, love your enemies, that's a command. Do good to those who hate you, that's a command. And and the commands of God are good. The commands of God are holy. They're God's law, God's rules. They're the things that God expects us to do, but then we fail to do them. If someone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other up also. And that's what you do when you're in a fight, right? You get in a fight and say, well, if you're going to hit me, go ahead and hit this side too. That's that's the that's the way we people operate, isn't it? Is that a command you take seriously? A command that you choose to obey? What about this one? Give to everyone who begs from you. That's the first thing on your mind when you see a beggar on the street. Well, of all those imperatives, of all those commands spoken by our Savior today, they're really, really just different ways of saying, be merciful. Right? Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. They're all related to mercy. Judge not, condemn not, forgive all, give to others. Mercy. Those are all acts of mercy, acts of random kindness. So let's consider mercy under our theme today. We live under the curié, life under the curiae, And what is a curié? Well, we we you know I kind of pointed it out when we said it in our in our church service today. It's it's part of our liturgy. And in Latin, it's curiae liaison. curiae Lord, liaison mercy, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Have you ever thought about those words? Do you know what they mean? Do you know why we say it three times? Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Well, of course, we say it three times because we want the Father to have mercy, we want the Son to have mercy, and we want the Holy Spirit to have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on me. But What does mercy mean? (laughs) Well, the biblical roots for this prayer first appear in First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 34. "Oh give thanks to the Lord for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever." Sounds like our psalm today. If you were listening and pay attention to the mercy and the, the mercy language in our Psalm 105. Steadfast love is another word for mercy. What is mercy? Steadfast love. Not giving up, loving somebody. Another word for mercy is kindness. Chesed, Micah 6.8 talks about that. This is what the Lord requires from you. It's a command. This is what the Lord expects from all of you people of God. To do what is right, to love kindness, and to live humbly with your God. So whether you're saying mercy or steadfast love or kindness, you're saying the same thing. Be kind, be steadfast in your love. Show mercy to the least deserved around you. Because that's what mercy is. And if you're able to show mercy to the least deserved around you, then you are on track on the path of mastering mercy. But many of us don't have a master in mercy. We don't even get a doctorate. Admiring mercy is one thing. Doing mercy... That's completely different. Realizing that I need mercy is a completely different thing. One of the most powerful illustrations of mercy comes from Victor Hugo's play, Les Mis. And I love that, you know, that, that musical. Um, and maybe you've seen it on TV. Maybe you've seen the movie. Um, if, you, if you have, if you've read the book, the main character is Jean Valjean. He's in prison at the beginning of the movie for stealing bread to feed his starving family. And he's eventually released. It's a work camp type of prison and very severe. Finally, he's released. He can't find work anywhere because he's an ex-con. He goes to the church hoping to find some help. The priest there shows him love, shelters him, shows him mercy. But with no way to make any money... Valjean decides that he's going to steal from the parsonage. And then he gets caught by the local authorities and dragged before the priest to be confronted with his wrongdoing. However, the priest does not press charges. In fact, the priest instead lies. Says the guy didn't steal. Said that Valjean, he had given Valjean the, the silver as a gift. Well, Valjean was moved. He was a thief. He deserved to go back to prison. Why did the priest show him mercy? He had broken his trust. And when he offered to return the silver, the priest refused. He said, "You need it more than I." The rest of the book is how Jean Valjean pays forward these random acts of mercy to other people. The final words of the priest to Valjean is forget not. Never forget that you promised to me to use this silver to become an honest man. Jean Valjean, you're my brother in Christ. You belong no longer to evil. You belong to good. It is your soul that I'm buying for you. I withdraw it from the dark thoughts and from the spirit of perdition and I give it to God those are powerful words of mercy those are powerful words of, and deeds of mercy that changed Valjean's life mercy kindness steadfast love what an example and we're guilty of that every day aren't we in our lives Another example of mercy is found in our Old Testament lesson. Did you read the story of Joseph? Were you paying attention? There, of course, Joseph, we know. You remember his story. Uh, His brothers didn't like him. They were jealous because his father had given the coat of many colors, the favorite child, the youngest. And, well, they decide that they don't like him anymore. They want him dead. But, you know, the oldest brother says, let's not kill him. Let's just throw him into a pit, tell dad that wild animals destroyed him, and we'll sell him into slavery. And they did. He went to Egypt under Potiphar, and of course, then was accused of having an affair with Potiphar's wife, thrown into prison in the Egyptian prison for years and years, languishing with no hope to get out. But then Pharaoh has a dream, and Joseph interprets the dream, and of course, then God moves Joseph to the second in command of all of Egypt. There's a famine. Joseph's in charge of all the food. And guess who shows up? His brothers. Remember what Joseph did? Remember how Joseph responded? Did he get even? Did he pay those scoundrels back the way they deserved to be paid back? No. Did he exact revenge? Many of his position would have. What did Joseph do? He showed mercy to his brothers. He forgave his brothers. He fed his brothers. He invited his brothers to come live under the roof of Pharaoh in the luxury of Pharaoh's house. Perhaps Jesus could have said, be merciful as Joseph is merciful. Ah, then we'd have something of which to attain. Then we'd have a goal in mind. Well, if Joseph can be merciful, I can be merciful. So let me try to be merciful like Joseph. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus didn't say, be merciful the way Joseph is merciful. Don't be merciful the way the priest was merciful. He said, be merciful the way your heavenly Father is merciful. To be merciful is to be like God. Aha. That's an epiphany moment. To be merciful is to be like God. Why did God send Jesus into the world? One guess. Mercy. Steadfast love. Kindness. We don't deserve Jesus. We don't deserve his love. We don't deserve him to suffer and die. We don't deserve his victory over the grave. We we don't deserve it. Why? Because we can't obey the simplest of his commands. Remember those commands? Remember those imperatives that I spoke of at the beginning of my message? Those commands that he tells us that we must do, but we, we don't like being obedient. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you? Bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you, judge not, condemn not, forgive all, give to others. We don't show mercy to others. Why? Why should God show mercy to us? Why did He save, send a Savior? to save sinners like us. Why? Why did He love us that much? One word. One guess. Mercy. We're rapidly heading toward the season of Lent, and there we will journey with Jesus to the cross. It'll be a 40-day journey as He makes His way to the crucifixion, and there we're going to witness God's mercy. We'll see them pierce His hands and nail His feet to the cross, place a crown of thorns on His head. We'll watch the crowd as they cheer and jeer as Jesus suffers. We'll see how the world rejected Jesus as His life drained away from Him. My friends, that's the mercy of our Heavenly Father dying on the cross. And what does Jesus say? Be merciful as your Father is merciful. Give your only begotten Son to people who don't deserve it. But we can't do that. Loving our enemies. Doing good to those who hate us. Turning the other cheek. We aren't hardwired to do things like that. Our DNA is much different. We have a sinful DNA. Our DNA is selfish. Our DNA is self-centered. We have a problem with with self-love. And when you have self-love and you're self-centered, it's very difficult to be merciful to others. In the end, we love ourselves so much that to be merciful, just as our Father is merciful, is a problem. But who needs mercy from you? Your husband? Your wife? Perhaps your children? Who needs mercy from you? It's not those who love you. Or those who are good to you. Jesus says it's your enemies. Who needs mercy from you? It's not those who are rich. It's those who are poor and don't have anything. It might even be the same people that have taken advantage of you over and over and over again and will continue to do so. And what does Jesus say? Be merciful to them, as your Father is merciful. Preaching on this text, Martin Luther said, The mercy of Christians must be complete and comprehensive regarding friend and foe alike. Just as, our, just as our Father in heaven does. And then one short sentence Luther spoke the law in its most sternest form, in all of its severity, where this mercy is absent, faith is absent. And that's why we must pray, repent. That's why we confess our sins. We confess that we're not merciful, that we cannot set ourselves free from this heart that's broken, from this sin that embraces us. We need Jesus. We need His mercy. And that's why we cry out, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. When you did that, did you know the desperate need as you spoke those words? That's why we live our lives under the Kyrie. Our Heavenly Father is merciful. And like Joseph, God pardoned your sins. He forgives your offense. He welcomes you in his family. He embraces you. He protects you. He shelters you. He guides you. He leads you. Luther said it this way If God should give us according to our merit, he could give us nothing but hellfire and eternal condemnation. Therefore, whatever good and honor he gives us, it's out of his sheer mercy. He sees that we're stuck in death, and he has mercy upon us and gives us life. He sees that we're children of hell, and he has mercy upon us and gives us heaven. And Jesus Christ has done all this for you. He is God's mercy in human flesh. That's Epiphany. The baby born in the manger is our merciful Savior. As impossible and absurd as it may seem, God is merciful to me. God is merciful to you. He's the one who turns the other cheek. And as he was dying, he turned the other cheek again and again and again and again until he breathed his last. He's the one who gave his tunic as he stripped it from his back and he died in nakedness and shame Why did Jesus do that? One word, one guess. Mercy, kindness, steadfast love. Jesus Christ was merciful to all His enemies. That includes you. It includes me. Jesus bore on that wooden cross all our idolatries, our sinful ideologies, our infidelities, our self-love, our greed, they're forgiven. Jesus is judged so that you might be acquitted. Jesus is condemned so that you might be justified. Now that's life under the curia, And that's why we say, Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Amen now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.